0: Welcome to the women in my world. Today, I have one of the women who influences me greatly. She has been a dear friend of mine for such a long time and I cannot wait to introduce you to her. But before I introduce her, I wanted to tell you guys that we are brought to you by PureFlix and this is a part of Edify Podcast Network. You can download the Edify app today and listen, but make sure that you check us out and anything subscribe, share, and share your thoughts with us. We cannot wait to hear what you think about this podcast and how it influences you and activates you in your life. Now, to introduce you to one of the women of my world and dear friend, Erin May Miller. She is a Nashville-based film and TV producer all the way from New York. Erin uh, has produced and managed production's for over a decade, most recently producing Identity Crisis, and that is going to be coming to you in 2022, which her and I will talk a little bit about today. So excited to share and talk about Identity Crisis. Uh, Erin also joined Third Coast Content in January of 2020 as a creative development executive, and I'm going to have her talk to you a little bit about that. And also, she recently sold On the Line to Netflix, starring Dennis Quaid and and is in production on a documentary about the Christian hip-hop movement, which Erin is producing as well. This woman has so many giftings and talents. I cannot wait for her to share With you. Uh, She is also working on a television show, a limited series with some incredible talent that I'm going to let her share about. She also, from 2016 to 2018, Aaron worked at Amazon Original Movies and she was overseeing production and delivery of five original films uh, as she was an executive with Big Indie Pictures. And I'm telling you what, wait until she shares some of the movies that she got to work on and be part of. Um, She is also a mother, a wife, and one of the women in my world. She is focused on glorifying Jesus with her life. And so I want to welcome Erin Miller to the Women of My World. Hello, friend. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on today. And um, I feel like I'm supposed to be seeing you face to face every day. But we're going to share <laughs> with you in my world why I feel that way as we continue to have this conversation. But thank you so much for being on the show today. And, you know, before we get into too many things, one of the ways that I love, love, love to to introduce, um, our conversation and just to kick us off is with a question that I feel like everybody really, uh, wants an answer to, and we, it's, it's something that we even talk about as women, but, uh, you know, together as friends and what the world, the demands of the world looks like versus what the, the, um, the outlook of Christ looks like on our lives. And so the very first question I would ask you is how do you define success? This is
1: such a great question. And it was something that I really had to think about prior to coming and joining you. Um, And I realized that success for me is living a life that is first of all, God honoring, um, second of all, people honoring, and third of all, nature honoring, creation honoring. I think Living a God honoring life will lead you to the other two, but that ultimately is like being in step with my Father in heaven. Um, you know, with the Holy Spirit, with Christ. It's like it's a it's a holistic thing, and I think it affects every bit of our experience with people, how we treat them, how we treat nature, how we treat. You know our relationships, so I think I would, I I was like I, that's what I would I would say I define success as, and when when that's happening, I feel like other things
0: fall into step. Wow, that that is so good. I love that, and I love. I think it's such a powerful question, and and I love how each and every woman has a different answer for it. Um, but but I love first and foremost that you said God honoring, and then and then people honoring and creation honoring, because so much of what we do, that's the way our focus should be each and every day. It should be on God first. And then people, like it says in our, in, in our Bible, right? Um, really honoring creation. I love that because we get to see God in creation. Uh, and and so that is such a great answer. How do you, you know, when you're, when you think about those things that you've just said, God honoring, people honoring, creation honoring, you know, it leads me to think about all that you've done in your life, Aaron, and how you really have glorified God. And and so I guess, that you know, wondering, do you remember the moment when you knew that the Lord was actually calling you into this profession, into producing, into creating content? Um, Because now you're a creative development executive. You've come a long way with, you know, third coast content. You've got so many projects in the works. Do you remember the moment that God called you into this? And were you prepared for this calling on your life? Do you feel like you were prepared?
1: (laughs) Um, That's a great question. So I I can't recall the exact moment, but I can say that from the time I was a very little girl, I was always into story, and I was always into um, TV shows, Little House in the Prairie I was a huge fan of, and I loved the power of storytelling and the communication of principles through story, you know, and, and then as a teenager, you know, loving music videos and MTV, TRL, and you know, just realizing the power of story in my life and the culture that it created in my life and in my friends. um, I just remember feeling this sense of excitement as a teenager. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to make this, you know, content someday. I'm going to help create things that I feel will edify the viewer and make people, you know, better, kinder, wiser, you know, people. So, yeah, I, I feel like from the moment, especially in high school, I just that was my focus. And um, I actually felt almost more specifically called to New York City as a teenager. I felt very specifically called to move there. And, you know, God opened doors and he made it very clear where he wanted me. Um, and, and that was like kind of through just simply praying and walking through doors and, you know, just knocking down, you know, knocking on them as well. So, so yeah, New York was a big part of that story. And, and then ultimately, through connection and through God, just introducing me to the right people. And I have some crazy testimonies of him opening the doors to learn about TV and film, because I actually studied politics, philosophy and economics uh, at the King's College, uh, which I had also felt called to do, even though I knew I wanted to do TV and film. Um, I felt I I wanted to know what I uh, thought of the world before creating stories about it. So yeah, that was kind of my journey into, you know,
0: New York City and filmmaking. I love that, and you said ever since you were a little girl, basically you knew that this was a place that you were going to be. You loved telling stories. I, I think that is something that I've really, that's really resonated with me again recently in my own life is that God continuously keeps pouring forth, saying, "You know, I started something in your life as a little girl," and absolutely. The, you know, trust in me, trust in the dream, trust in the provision. Um, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't true, you know? And and so I, yeah. I, have you ever thought about that, though, as you're you're taking this journey into this big world of entertainment? Because not you're not only in the world of entertainment, like I said, you're a mom and a wife. There's so many things on your plate day in and day out. And there's so many things we face now culturally as well. I, has Have you ever found yourself in these moments where you're like, God, I'm not really sure If I can continue to walk down this journey of entertainment, you, you called me here, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think there are things that God calls you to sometimes, and, and then he calls you to other things too. And you don't, you don't know how they could possibly be compatible. I remember, you know, I fell in love with my husband in my early twenties and I, I had not planned on getting married. It just was not, it was not something I had planned on doing, um, I sort of grew up in a faith world that um, if you wanted to do great things as a woman, then you needed to be single because you just, it wasn't really accepted to be a mom and a wife and have a career. You know, I grew up with a stay-at-home mom, like, hi, mom, I love you. But that wasn't the life I wanted for myself, to be completely transparent. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I just, I frankly didn't really plan on meeting somebody. (laughs) And I think it's funny because I think everybody has their own journey. Some people only want to meet somebody and they're like career schmear. Like I really could care less. Um, (laughs) And I was the opposite, you know? And then God puts this wonderful man in my life and is like, I'm calling you to get married. Like, uh, this is, this is what I want for you. And I'm just like, but I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know why, why this is happening, you know? And it's like, most people would be like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that's what you're, you know, like complaining about, but I, in my own mind, I just couldn't, I couldn't reconcile the two things. Um, And so that was a journey for me of like trying to, you know, understand and yet ultimately simply submit to what I really felt God was calling me to do and that he would work out the rest. You know, and ultimately my husband's support helped me at times to, you know, have a a, a lapse, like when I had a lapse in work, because as a freelancer, sometimes you start in a jobs and jobs and, and you've got a few months in between and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Um, and there were also times I helped support my husband when he was in law school and, you know, needed support in that way, too. So, you know, we really helped each other and supported each other so that we could accomplish the things that God had, you know, in store for us. Um, and similarly, it was, you know, we were married for eight years before having my daughter Macy. And, uh, and it was one of those things where I really felt God say like, you have, you have to be open to having kids. Um, and at the time I was 30 years old and, uh, I was just like, but I'm working. Like I just, I, cu- I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't imagine how I could do what I was doing and have children. I just, it I couldn't, I couldn't put it together. And, so I just I was like, okay, God, yeah, sure. I would say, okay, God, yeah, in the future. I would always just push it off to the future, and then finally, it was God was just like, no, now. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I am like freaking out, and uh, and I remember being at a conference that our church put on called She Is Free, and uh, and I remember it didn't matter what the worship song was, what the pastor or the the speaker was talking about, uh, it literally was the same message for three days, you know, you have to be open to this. And so, I, I literally went up for an altar call and I said, I know what God's calling me to do, I just need the courage to do it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, liter- and one of the most amazing women who was like a mother in our church, you know, prayed over me, uh, which was such a God thing, right? Like that he would pair mm-hmm. me up with somebody that was so close and so comfortable to me. Um, so I could be transparent about what it is that I wanted uh, to, needed needed to pray about. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I think I, I literally conceived me like my, this is a little TMI for a podcast, but I literally was <laughs> pregnant like a few weeks later, um, which is also sort of a miracle. Cause it's usually not that easy to make those things happen, but it was like, God wanted that to happen at that moment. And I found out a few months later that six of my best friends in our church were pregnant with girls at the exact same time. Um, some of them wow. through adoption. Yeah. Wow. It was nuts. Some of them for IVF, some through, you know, just natural means. Um, and it was amazing. It was like, God was like, no, I've created this community here for support. And, you know, living in New York City and having kids is not... Easiest thing, so having that tribe was really beautiful. So, yeah, God's timing is God's timing, and we don't have to understand it.
0: (laughs) Well, and you just said something so specific there, right? Actually, some uh, so much great you know, just some of the great points that you made in that, but God's timing is really perfect. Right. And he knows when the perfect time is for you because he knows what you need. Right. And, and also not just about you, but what others may need from you. I'm sure that the women in your world feel like they were very fortunate and blessed to have you, have Macy at the Mm -hmm. same time that they were carrying their, you know, their daughter as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what an incredible story. And I love that. But I think one thing that really stands out to me is it really does so often come down to submission, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's a word we don't talk about a lot is submission, but it really is kind of, we come to this point with the Lord and we're going, okay, let me submit my will to you or my desire to you so that your will can work in my life. And there's so many times, and I know for my own journey is that when I've actually submitted myself in a way to say you know what it's it's not there's no more here about me I, it's not what I want anymore it's I, you know already what I want but you have a plan that's far greater than than mine and so I'm fully going to submit you and it's taken on some of those things it's taken a couple years for my heart to actually be aligned with the truth of that if that makes sense like I can mm over and over again. And I could say, you know, I'm going to give it all to you, Lord, I'm completely I'm going to submit to you. But then when I actually like there was this really heart and head moment of me laying it down, and just say, I'm totally giving it all to you, you do your will. And it was it, just like what you said about Macy getting pregnant with her. It's same thing for me happened after speaking for two years after, you know, October baby, I, I had given up on all mm-hmm. thoughts ever acting again. Cause I hadn't had an acting job in two years. And, um, and so when I finally submitted to his will saying, I will go out and do whatever you desire for me to do was the moment that he opened the door again to say, okay, I, 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 I'm mm-hmm. getting more now. Yeah. And it's, it's such an incredible time, but his time was so perfect. And I think, you know, just in, he, I think what I would ask you, you know, to continue sharing with us is tell us a little bit about the journey and how the Lord continued to propel you forward, because obviously he was doing something in you that he was going to continue as he is today, moving you constantly forward, right? He's always doing something new. He's the God of the new, but, um, You know, tell us a little bit about the journey of, you know, going from you are in New York, you submit and you you're now pregnant with Macy and you're still in this, this, you know, crazy career we call entertainment or you're moving forward that. What, What did that look like for you and how did how did the Lord continue to propel you forward?
1: Yeah, I think, um so at the time I was actually making a documentary for PBS called welfare in America was about welfare in America. Um, it was actually called the human cost of welfare and I was doing it as an independent film. And, um, you know, so it was during that production that uh, I became pregnant with Macy and just the timing, obviously I, I, just was like, okay, God, I'll, I'll obey. And I actually delivered my documentary to PBS a week before I delivered my daughter. Um, so that timing like, couldn't have been mm-hmm. more perfect. <laughs> um, and I remember flying to Sweden at 32 you know, weeks pregnant. Um, my feet swelled up so much that as I'm in the layover in London Heathrow and I took my feet out of my Uggs, And they looked like hobbit feet. I mean, I just was like, I could not believe. It was the one thing I didn't do before my flight, which was get compression socks. And I could not get my feet back into my Uggs.
0: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I literally was walking. Oh, my gosh. I was like looking in at, I was like barefoot walking through London Heathrow at 32 weeks pregnant and, uh, trying to find compression socks so that I could get my feet back in my shoes. Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm like, yeah, the journey of, you know, pregnancy and, you know, my, my poor executive producer was, you know, he and his wife were so, you know, concerned for me flying at that, um, at that time, but. It was it was honestly a wonderful experience. Um, I loved you know going to Sweden. It was such a beautiful place. And um, I after I delivered uh, my doc and then delivered Macy, uh, I had you know a, a personal mentor in my life who who runs Big Indie Pictures, and I just wanted to update him on life. And so I just said you know hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. Like I just delivered my doc and then my daughter a week later. I didn't want you to hear from anybody else. You know, in entertainment, you kind of lose track of people after sometimes. So sometimes uh, with with very intentional mentorships um, that I've identified in my life, I want to update them on sort of what's going on. So I don't think we had touched base that year yet. And he just said, oh, my goodness, this is such perfect timing. And so I was like, really? And he's like, I need to let's let's talk. So reaches out and we set up a a time to talk. And he said, you know, Amazon just tapped me to be their production service company for all of their original movies. Why don't you come on board and be a production executive with us and help oversee the films? You can help me develop a deliverable system and it'll be perfect because I can start you part-time and move you into full-time. And I'll basically, you know, you'll, you won't have to travel. You won't have to be on set. You know, you can be a mom and you can work in the entertainment industry. I mean, it was talk about like a complete dream come true for the, t- like the period of time that I was at. Um, yeah. That like, I just couldn't believe, I, it was like, I couldn't believe that it, it happened. Like, I, I just was like, okay, like, thank you, God. Like, this was just like so incredible, you know? So it was one of those opportunities. I feel like God just, was like okay and here's here's the next step and really with my my career that's that pretty much has been my career i, I haven't known anything except the next step and mm-hmm. you know i think that in many ways has helped me really rely on god and really pray through things and that doesn't mean that like i didn't have periods of waiting too you know there were periods of time where i had you know a 5 month lapse of of work and not really knowing where the next job was going to come from um and that being really hard honestly i think the waiting has been you know some of the hardest times not the working you know there there are jobs where i worked super super hard but um you know you can kind of put your nose to the grindstone and and get through it but you know waiting and not knowing is really where i feel like god grows us
0: mhm mhm yeah, no, I totally agree. I think the times when I've had to wait in between is really when I've grown. I've grown and grown in my faith, just the the dependence on the Lord mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. His Word and trusting Him. You know, um, and I think that's been for me as well. My growth time, my really my significant growth, I guess I would say has really been in those, those seasons where it almost feels a little stagnant, um, or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's, it's always that moment where you're thinking something should be happening. And if it's not happening, you're like, you know, he must've forgotten about me or, uh, you know, and you start longing and thinking these thoughts and all of a sudden, you know, what we should realize really in that time is, and and now as I've gotten older and worked through some of those things, I've realized like. I'm not going to say it's easy, but at least I have a better visual or a better perspective in those times to lean into mm-hmm. the more to press present to know how I need to grow because he's, he's, he's absolutely preparing me for what the next is. And so often that's not something we do, right? We get caught up in the, why not me? Or what am I doing or how, you know, and then, but we're not preparing. And so I hear you. in that I think that's something that we all have gone through and struggles. And I think so many of us in the, the entertainment world, but as moms and any real profession, you know, the waiting is sometimes the hardest part. Um, mm. How have you, I know you've had this incredible journey though, in your career, and, and you didn't always work in the faith world. I mean, this really, right. the faith world is something that's that's newer to you. So tell me a little bit about, you know, and in the, in the listeners, where God actually placed you first and how he yeah. brought you into the faith world.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think I always looked at people doing faith projects with a bit of like, Oh gosh, that's so nice. Like I would love to be able to work on something that's like, so gets good. Um, or like, you know, good for the soul, but I worked, I just really took the opportunities that God put in front of me. Um, you know, I I started out uh, being a stand in and photo double and actually a stunt double for a couple of actresses on some major films. So uh, I worked for uh, Isla Fisher on Confessions of a Shopaholic, and then Kristen Bell for When in Rome, and then uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, for an HBO pilot. And actually, in between other production jobs, I would go back and do some stand in work for Kristen and, you know, for different actresses uh, to sort of pay the bills. But you know i i started in non scripted television which you know behind the camera i had gotten an opportunity uh to do you know coordinating associate producing and really learn uh the craft in creating non scripted and and that was, it was kind of interesting because, you know, there were jokes, you know, about people who would cross over from non-scripted to scripted. And, you know, the the joke was, you know, don't go where I can't follow. Like, you know, just people wanting to be able to go and make scripted content, uh, make scripted TV or film, uh, but being kind of stuck in making, you know, crappy reality TV or, you know, non-scripted programming. And I don't mean to say that to disparage non-scripted TV it became something really huge i mean it, it blew up i sort of like i started at the time where it was really not not it wasn't respected and then it grew into something that became very successful and companies were making millions and millions and millions of dollars making this stuff and so then all of a sudden I had a craft I had a, a skill set that people wanted right because I knew how to do this I knew how to make non-scripted mm-hmm. TV um, so either through production management or also through creative producing and you know the opportunities that God gave me were not oh didn't always line up with what I thought he would want me to do so I remember and people don't realize this but sometimes the, the non-scripted programming that you watch, like who's making your you know two- hour history channel specials, are the same producers and the same production management and everyone that are making love and hip hop for VH1. Like people don't realize that it's the same skill set, you know, similarly at least. Um, there is some you know story differentials and, and format differentials. but anyway, so I was working on a history channel special and I kept getting approached to do love and hip hop for VH one. And I was like, no, I I mean, clearly God wouldn't want me to do this. Right. Like I don't, I don't think I should do this. So I kept, I turned it down a couple of times. And then I got a a call that one of the the producers on the show had a health condition and I don't want to be too specific. I don't want to betray any um, information. So it was like, Hey, you need to fill in for this person. Mm. And of course I really, I really loved this person. Actually, we recently texted, you know, about, you know, we always are texting for, you know, crew or recommendations and stuff like that with people that I've worked with in the past. So, uh, he recently reached out to me, uh, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd love to hear from you. Like, this is amazing. So he is fine. Um, but at the time he needed, uh, to be in the hospital for a while. And so I said, of course, I I've got you, I'll cover you for however long you need. Like, so I end up on, you know, the, the set of love and hip hop. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because it was exactly where God wanted me to be. And I remember one of the, the cast members going through something and she was in the scene and, and she wasn't really being heard. And so she comes off of set and I just said to her, I said, you know, I see that you have something you want to say. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I want to encourage you to say it. Mm-hmm. And when the time comes in this conversation, I want you to sit up in your chair And I want you to speak your piece. And I said, there are so many young girls who have experienced what you've experienced in your life and they need to hear from you. So I was like, I want you to know exactly what it is that you want those young girls to hear. And it doesn't matter what the other person in the other seat is asking for. I was like, you give her what you want to give her, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it ended up and she's bawling. She's crying. She's like, oh, my gosh, who are you? And I was like, don't worry about that. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but like, just you know. (laughs) And I, I I literally was like, and I, I remember speaking scripture, not you know quoting it, but I just said, you know, in your weakness, God is strong. So it is okay to show your weakness in your storyline. It is okay to be transparent and vulnerable. Like your strength, like God's strength in your story, will be more prevalent that way. And she was like, you know, she was just bawling, and she, you know, makeup artists coming over, like, what are you doing? This is terrible. And, uh, anyway, it ended up being her whole storyline for the whole season, um, and resulted in the reconciliation, uh, with her and her mother by the end of the season.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful picture of like, sometimes, you know, sometimes God calls us to do things. Like I'm pretty sure people might have looked at me working on a show, you know, like that. I wouldn't tell people to go watch it, but you know, I, I, I could understand if people were like, well, how could you possibly contribute to, you know, a show that has, you know, questionable material. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just have to say, that's where God put me at the time. And, you know, so wherever God puts me, like, I, I,
0: I'll be there, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. Absolutely. I love that. And I think, and, and I think that's really, because again, I mean, to me, you're, you're stepping out in faith and you're saying yes to the places that he's putting you so he can use you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so good. Do you, and then when you, so you, you were working on these projects and, and then now as you continued kind of moving through this career, um, you find yourself in the faith world. Right, right. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, super interesting. I mean, through a a series of events, um, my husband and I really felt called to move to Nashville. And my husband's from Nashville, and he's tried to convince me for many years to move here. Um, and so it just became very apparent, um, it, almost miraculously, actually, uh, that we needed to, to move. And this was at the end of 2019. Um, and so we made the leap to, to do that. And I had no idea. I had no idea what TV and film in Nashville would look like. I didn't know. But I, I knew that God is faithful. And I knew that I, I, I had this feeling I might find more like-minded people. Um, so that was exciting to me. And when I got back, uh, when I got to Nashville, I was connected with, uh, a few people who were like, Oh, you need to meet, you know, Mike Snyder. You need to meet Ben Howard. You need, you need to meet, you know, several different people. And so I came and, you know, we, we met, talked and they sent me a, uh, a job description of a new position they were hiring for, and I, I laughed and I said, "Did you write this for me?" And I was, I was joking because it was so almost exactly my resume. Um, and they, they were like, they, they didn't respond, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sound too cocky, but I just, it's, it just seems like kind of, you know, kind of crazy." Um, and they were like, "Oh no, like let's talk, let's figure it out." So anyway, that ended up being a great fit. And so I started working and developing content that's compatible with a faith perspective. And I don't think that means it's like it's always going to be what we would consider faith content. You know, we're developing some things that you know have faith elements to them, but I wouldn't call it like a faith movie. But it's it's being able and open to developing content that edifies the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives them hope, that gives them meaning, that, that helps them, you know, in their daily walk, that, that helps them in their life, you know, be kinder people, be, you know, more compassionate, empathetic people. Um, so, so yeah, and uh, that's been really interesting for me and, and I've really enjoyed it. I think it's also, you know, working in a, yeah, this, I want to make sure to be as like, it's been a different transition, you know, when you work on something that is, you know, simply uh, secular that, you know, people are obviously going to be trying to make money. They're trying, it's a business, you know, they're trying to create good content and make, you know, revenue. And that's, that's sort of accepted. And then when you work on faith things or you're doing it because it's missional and not just business, it's, it's a different mentality. And that's, I've I've been praying a lot more recently about okay how do I hold this intention right because if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm working on things of faith mm-hmm. that's missional and yet I also am, am operating this is my career this is a business you know um, how do those things interact um, and how do I make sure that I have the right mindset in creating them so that's, that's been sort of a a surprising and interesting development as I continue moving forward,
0: you know? No. And that's, I think that's something, And that's so good because I think for any of us in the faith world, it is you're, you're, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to get paid for the job that you do because you're, you are in a place of, you know, you're taking time away from your family. You're taking time, you're doing, you're doing a job um, that, that you are, inevitably, you know, giving your time for, and, and so Mm -hmm. on, I think in our faith based space. So many times, you know, we hear, well, you know, there's no money in the project, but come and do it for the glory of God. And, and, you know, you want to be able to do, there are projects, of course, that you sign on to, and you're like, absolutely a hundred percent. But also in that same token is that there are things that to glory, to be to God, that I am at home with my family. Or that, <laughs> right? I'm nurturing the relationship between myself and my husband versus going in and paying to go to work, like paying for right. something that, you know. And so, and it is a really tough balance. And I think you know, it's in that sense I would think it's probably a little bit different than you know the secular world in that where. Um, I doubt there's as many people there's, there's a lot of people out there that still tell you we'll come work for free and we'll defer your payment. You know, and you're like, well, you know, I still need to live, but, but that, but that leads me to another question because I think a lot of our listeners are thinking about this, especially as moms or in different seasons of their life and you as a mom and a wife, you've navigated this career and you, you know, navigated being, both wife, mom, staying at home, taking care of your kiddos, um, moving across the country. So what does that look like for you in navigating your career and your home life? Like, what has that looked like?
1: Yeah, that's such, such a good question. And it's evolved, right? Like, I think a lot of, you know, stages of life that's, you know, and it's going to continue to evolve as my kids get older, as you know, I enter different, you know, stages or my career has different requirements or needs um, or my husband's, you know, does. So I think for me, I mean, this is something I have prayed over. I have wept over. My, My poor husband probably thought I was crazy multiple times because, you know, I'm this is years ago, but literally like crying and being like, if I can't do it, who can do it? Because I'm just, I'm so determined. Right. And yet it can be so hard. And I think for me, part of it was when my kids, when my kids were babies and I was like, I want them to have someone that I trust. And I I couldn't just, you know, put my kids in uh, daycare. It was just something that was too difficult. My job was too uh, unpredictable in terms of hours and things that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just committed to, you know, spending a lot of money on good help. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I can, if all I can do is just stay in it and move my career incrementally forward, basically just do the little that I can do while I can do it, then I will be able to ramp it up when I need to. And I don't have to like jump back in and jumpstart it. Right. Like if I, if I can just stay in the boat, yeah, then I can keep rowing. Even if I can only row a little bit, like I'll at least be in the water, you know? And that was, that was kind of my mentality for, for a few years, you know, with, with babies and just like, okay, just a little bit at a time, you know, and not feeling bad about not being able to do as much as I'd done in the past. Um, You know, when we work on set, I mean, Sherry, you know this, um, but sometimes people don't realize like you plan on 12 hour days. So -hmm. you plan for 12 hour days. Now that's the crew and that's the cast. And that's, you know, as a producer, and Sherry knows this now as a director, you are there an hour before everybody. And you're usually there an hour after everybody. So you're planning on 14-hour days, planning on it. And then if things don't go well, that can blow up to whatever it might be. So our industry in particular is brutal mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. trying to be a mom and a wife and a good friend and a good church member. <laughs> I mean, it's just oh, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And 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 that's that's sort of the thing that I really had to work on with with the Lord and just be like, okay, God, help me to discern what sacrifices I should be making, whether that sacrifices for, like that my career makes or whether those are sacrifices that my family makes. Right. Um, and and when we made identity crisis, I, I told you this, Sherry. I said. The night before I was leaving, I was having my own identity crisis. You know, I right. was here. I was <laughs> about to leave my family, my two young kids, five, five and three, with my husband, um, and we had good help. But I was going to leave them for a whole month. You mm-hmm. know, I had never left my kids for a whole month before. Um, I had, I would left my kids when I did Shark Week for ten days, but that was the longest that I had been away. So. That was really, really hard. And I just remember praying, God, if this has anything to do with me, if this has anything to do with my ego or like I'm trying to get something out of this for me, I was like, then I'll take this away. Then I won't go. I will literally like I'm like almost looking for an excuse to like not do the hard thing. Right. And um, I just remember God speaking to me and he said, he said, you're on mission. Like mm-hmm. You are on mission. Mm-hmm. And this, this movie is the result of prayers answered for decades that you've been praying since you were a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I just, and he said, he said, others have given up far more. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that just mm-hmm. completely shifted my perspective in a moment. And all of, you know, the, the well-meaning family members who are like, oh my gosh, is, is your husband going to be okay? You know, are your kids going to be fine? Like, do you need anything? You know? And I had, I had set them up for success. Um, and I, I had felt like I had all my bases covered, but you know, you really start questioning, you know, when, when people are saying that. And so it it gave me the ability to say, you know, I'm on mission. I'm like, this is something I'm called to do and they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. And it ended up being wonderful. Like, we didn't only survive. Like, we all thrived in that time period. It was a little humbling as a mom to be like, my family can survive without me. But I think that's also a good reality check. Like, you know, my husband is a very capable man. And my kids are very resilient, wonderful, independent kids, you know. And I came back and, you know, had a nice visit with them about halfway through. But, you know, they did amazing. So sometimes I think we put a lot on us as women that like we have to hold it all up. And if we're not there, it's just a house of cards. It's just going to all fall down. But the truth of the matter is like it, their their foundation is on God too. And he's, he's got you and he's got them. And, you know, if God calls you to do something, like he'll give you the means to, to sustain it.
0: Absolutely. No, and that's just, it's so good to hear that, right? Because we all go through these moments of going, am I doing the right thing? And how can I do this? Or God, how, which leads me immediately, just as we're starting to wrap up, because I can't believe we've already been talking, you know, for as long as we have. I mean, we could, like, you just know though you could keep going and going. But, you know, a, a couple of things, Erin, it's like, number one, how do you stay connected to the Lord? And number two, you know, what advice do you have for someone who wants to pursue a career as a creative, you know, development executive or somebody in the producing field? Like, what would you tell them? But, but more importantly, how do you stay connected to the Lord, um, in these times?
1: Mm, That's so good. So such a good question. Um, so for me personally, prayer is a really big, important piece of my life. Um, and it's not always, you know, I it's not even like I have an hour to, you know, sit down and have you know meditative prayer. It's, you know, really checking in with the Lord every like I, I kind of like do it throughout my whole day, right? It's you know, I'm driving down the road, I got five minutes in the car, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like who who do you want to bring to mind right now that I need to be praying for? Like, what what is it that you would like to recall to my mind right now? And there are times where sometimes I'll just set aside 20 minute blocks where I'll say, okay, Lord, like tell me what projects I need to be praying about right now. Mm -hmm. Help me to, you know, and and he'll bring projects to mind and he'll bring ideas to mind and I'll be like, oh, that's such a great idea. And then I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. You know, I'll see, you know, what I can accomplish in that direction. Um, so I think so much of it is trying to stay plugged in. Mm -hmm. And I think most, like one thing we should know about faith and relationships in general is we, we usually go through undulations with our faith. Um, there are times where we'll feel more connected. There are times that we'll experience a miracle and we're on this like high, this emotional high elation, the spiritual elation that like we just watched God do something amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then looking back, I found to be really helpful and recalling the things that God has done um, in our lives, recalling miracles, recalling words that he's spoken over our lives through other people or through our own prayer time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that continues to encourage me, um, especially when I feel like, oh, I feel, you know, a little bit like I haven't connected um, or I'm too busy or it's just, you know, I feel disconnected. Uh, Those are ways that I really like to you know, try to plug, plug back into the source. Um, and then if I am feeling particularly, you know, I don't know if I am emotionally, you know, not feeling it or something, you know, it's really not a good thing to do that alone. So I try to be as transparent and quick as possible to go to somebody, a good friend or, you know, seek counseling. That's like, Hey, this is what I'm going through right now. Can you help me sort through this or like, what, you know, how do I work through this? Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no shame and, you know, going and talking through stuff, you know, we don't have right. to be like, there's freedom in that, you know? Um, right. so yeah, that, I would definitely say those things have been really, you know, beneficial. And in terms of, what I would say to somebody who wants to, you know, be a producer who wants to do creative development. Um, I would just remind you that I didn't start out doing what I wanted to be doing, (laughs) which kind of sounds like, you know, maybe that's not very encouraging, but, you know, when I started working, I was, I, I worked for free for some people, you know, I worked for, um, Declan, who runs Big Indie when I, when I worked with Amazon, um, I worked for him for several months, totally free of charge because I, I identified him as a producer that I really respected. And, you know, he's very kind and empathetic and he was always soft-spoken. And I just, I noticed a quality in the way that he ran teams and he, you know, ran films and I was like, and he ran really good films. I mean, he Mm -hmm. executive. Produced like Manchester by the Sea and um, mm-hmm. Captain Fantastic, and some of my favorite independent films, and I just was like, I want to serve you. I want to like, I'll and I'll do it for free. Like, <laughs> you give me the opportunity, I will try to make your life better. And and that really helped because then when the time came and he had a an opportunity that was a good fit, you know, he thought of me for that, you know, and so. I think serving and and really looking for opportunities to fill needs um it's not always about what we want sometimes it's about what other people are looking for you know and I've done a lot of different jobs just to to be in the industry you know I've I've done coordinating which I think is one of the most thankless jobs on a film set is you know making sure transportation is in the right place and you know making sure that your call sheets are put together right and like you know I've, I've done that stuff that is not creative. And, you know, I think, I think serving where the needs are. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's also a very Christian thing to do, but (laughs) I think that's something God calls us to. Um, I, and then being like, okay, God help provide the opportunities to push forward creative ideas that I'd like to see happen. Um, that was my path. And, you know, perhaps, There are other people who may have like flash in the pan, like, you know, instant success. Um, You know, that that wasn't the case for me. You know, I it's been a lot of long, hard hours and working on shows that I didn't particularly want to tell people to go watch and um, you know, getting a lot of experience under my belt, um, whatever that may look like. So and I don't want to disparage, you know, the shows that I worked on. I'm very grateful and very thankful for all of the learning opportunities I've had. But yeah, I think a lot of it is is finding those places to serve.
0: I love that. And that's so encouraging because that reminds us that it really is about service. It's not trying to figure out what title to get behind your name. It's really about Mm. people that you encounter on a daily basis and regularly and serving them no matter where you're at, right? No matter what you're doing and do it to the best of your ability. And I love that. I think that's so powerful. Everything that you've just said about praying and really leaning into the Lord and seeking his will. And then, you know, how you have done what you've done. Um, that's how we all learn, right? And I don't know about you, but there's been many a times when I've done something and been on set and I'm like, oh, nope, you know, I thought that was a job for me, but nope, that's not for me, but I'm going to do the best I can do it. And then, you know, or there's something else and it. You know, you just walk through those doors that God opens and, you know, inevitably at some point, I know for myself, I can look back and go, oh, I know why. I had to do that because it gave me an opportunity to do this or it gave me Mm -hmm. insight to do that. And I think that's something that we can only do, you know, when we do it and whether we, you know, we, uh, find success in it or we, um, fail miserably. We at least have, the, we, we know now, you know, we, we learn, but inevitably it's really about serving others through the process and, and really doing it with a joyful spirit rather than a woe is me. Yeah. You know, of uh,
1: one thing, like, I feel is so good and so important to keep in mind because our industry is so much about knowing people and it's so much about meeting people and networking. Um, And I think that can get a little bit icky for some of us, like some of us and, and me included get feeling icky when like there's somebody that everybody wants to talk to and you're like, okay, can I like maneuver my way through this crowd? And like, you know, it's just, it feels sort of like, ugh. And, you know, when I was, um, I was actually in college and I was trying to figure out how I would get into the industry. And, and I remember really praying hard through this and asking the Lord, God, how do I network in a way that's God honoring and people honoring? Like, how do I do this so that I don't feel icky and, or like, I'm trying to just get something for myself. Like, it just feels like I don't like it, you know? And I really, the Lord pointed out, there's a, a cat, a cat. Immanuel Kant, he's a philosopher and he has these things called categorical imperatives and bear with me for a second, but his second categorical imperative is that people are always an end and never a means. So when we meet somebody or when we see someone, we always say they're an end in and of of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so am I, you know, they're not a means for me. They're not a means to get where I want to go. They're not a means to my project getting funded. They're not a means to... Like they are an end in and of themselves. So my goal in every interaction is actually to seek their good and their like themselves. Like, so how can I serve this person? Help, how can I help them with where they want to be going, with what they want to be doing? And then so that was my that has always been my mentality when I meet people. And then if I can help them with what I can do to, to see that happen, then great. If I can't, but I know somebody who can help them, then I'll connect those people. And I will do that selflessly without asking to be included in a deal or to like, Oh, remember me or give me some sort of a commission when you guys make some beautiful project together. No, it's like, no, I'm seeking your good. I'm seeking their good. And if you guys can make good things together, then let me let me help make that connection mm-hmm. and and not feel any type of way about it myself, you know? And that's really freed me up um, over the course of my career to network freely and with principle and integrity and character so that I'm not seeking just things that I want.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's something I always tell people. I'm like, you know, when you meet somebody, are you, when you get into your time and space of prayer with the Lord, are you praying for things that you can get from that person? Or are you actually praying for them? You know, mm. are you praying for them and their hand at whatever, you know, they are touching. Are you praying for them and thanking God that they're, they've been put in this position and, and just the moment of thanking God for the relationship, but really praying for the other person. And I think so often we forget about that. We, we meet somebody and we're like, Oh, that, yeah, you know, now, Lord, I'm praying for this to come from this person or from, you mm. know, the situation, rather than let me pray for that person because every single encounter that's what we're, you know, each of us should be doing. Cause that's the way, you know, when we see somebody, God's looking at them, you know what I mean? Like there's this moment yeah. we go, wait a minute, you know, how are we really encountering a brother and sister that we've been put in front of and what is the best thing that we can do for them? Um, and that is to really pray for them earnestly and honestly. Uh, and I think that's what has, empowered me through my career is being reminded that God gives me these divine appointments, but they're, they're not just about navigating me to the next place of my career. Um, Absolutely. You know, but they're really about the relationship that God has put in place and ordained. And how can I pray for these people that he's connected me with? How can I serve them through that process? Um, And so it's been really cool and inevitably through that Process is it's an on it got it's always like God goes, okay, I'm going to honor that prayer or I'm going to Mm. use that time. And and so it's so cool to be in a place like that, too, where we go, okay, how do we serve others? How do we pray for others? How do we, you know, Mm. but. I I'm really bummed because I'm looking at the time. I'm like, now we have to go. And I'm like, (laughs) because we've got to come back together and talk about what it means to be a creative director. And some of the other cool things that you're doing, we didn't even really get to touch base too much about identity crisis today. Um, But tell people how they can follow you, Aaron, and how they can support you um, as they're listening to this podcast.
1: Um, honestly, I, if you follow me on Instagram, um, it's just my full name, Aaron May Miller, but, uh, you'll probably mostly just see photos of my children unless I'm on set and then it's photos of being on set. So, um, (laughs) you may want to do that or not. I leave that up to you, but I mean, honestly, like, Feel free to you know reach out to Third Coast. I mean, truly, like meeting people and supporting creatives is our goal. It's our vision. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, feel free. Like reach out. Um, keep in touch. It's it's really a pleasure and just an honor, really, to to be able to work with creative teams. And, you know, my goal really with every project is to create the right team to execute that project. That's, that's so much of what I do. Um, so yeah, I think just connecting and, you know, just being present with people. i um, very happy to do that.
0: So. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you and to have you part of my world. And so, and I want to thank you again for joining us today and giving us just so so much good just the inspiration and the activation and the encouragement for each and every one of us where we're at and so thank you for joining us and and to everyone who's listening thank you for joining the women in my world today again we were brought to you by pureflix and it is the part it is part of edify podcast network and we are just so thankful for our partnerships out there who constantly encourage activate and encourage us to keep sharing testimonies and stories just like you've heard here today with Erin May Miller so I want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you again on the women in my world